Hey, it's Eric Scott, and you are listening to Artistic Accomplices, and I am so sorry I have been gone. I have sort of lost my way and uh, really just kind of lost track of things. So it's been a while since I've been here on the podcast, been a while since I've actually sat down and recorded some of my thoughts, and I still have like this episode of a series that I've been working just sort of hanging out there. So if you've been like checking in and finding and seeing that I haven't been around, I apologize. Uh, I was really hoping that once the new year hit that I would be able to stay on top of things a bit better, but yeah, it just hasn't happened and I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. It's just, man, I think it's partly the pandemic that it, man, it just really, uh, has thrown me for a loop, especially over the last couple months. So uh, I, I've just lost track of time, and I'm so sorry. So, but I'm hoping to get back on track uh, with with regular podcast episodes, and hopefully, I can kind of get back into that routine. So, I'm starting now, and um, welcome back. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and I know it's been been a, a long time since I last came to you, and I was working on this series. And so I want to recap a bit because it has been a while. And I've been doing this series of episodes where I've been thinking about and sharing my thoughts about the four classical elements. So how can we take these four classical elements of earth, fire, air, and water and use them as a way to not not only understand our creativity, but also as a way to sort of enter into it and maybe even benefit benefit from it more. So I think there are a lot of myths and misconceptions and misunderstandings out there about creativity. And I'm hoping that this series of of episodes, actually my whole, whole podcast is all about sort of dispelling and demystifying creativity. And so that's that's why I'm here. And so to make creativity a little less daunting, to show that if we think of creativity maybe in a different way. And so I think these four elements is a great framework to, to hang creativity on as a way to enter it and as a way to think about our creativity so that it's just not so daunting. It's not so scary uh, to make it a little less woo-woo and a little less out there. And just so that we don't dismiss our own creativity so easily. And so in this series, I've shared the earth element, I've shared the fire element, and I've shared the air element. And so I just want to recap real quick, and then we'll dive into the last one, the water element. And so when I think about the earth element, I think about it as a grounding, of being grounded in a certain mindset, and even just some basic things in order for our creativity to to flourish. We have to have that grounding. We have to have an open mindset, and we have to have some basic understanding, some basic materials, some basic uh, techniques and processes that we can use to really help get us into our creativity. And so if we're open to ideas, if we're even just open to the the idea of us being creative, we have a leg up. Um, And if we don't have some basic practices, it's going to be very hard for us to 
to enter and get into and feel creative. So I think we need to have that that grounding. We have to have that footing. We have to build that foundation. And even though we can enter the creative process anywhere, I think thinking about the earth element and thinking about this grounding and thinking about like the basic things that, that, that we have, um, it's a great way uh, to create that foundation. It's a great way to, to think about just like those initial steps. So if you're having a hard time, like, oh, well, where do I begin? You know, begin by number one, having that open mindset and starting to set up certain practices and getting your basic things together so that you can get to work. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I talked about the fire element. And so the fire element is all about our passions. I mean, we, we need to know and understand the things that we are passionate about, whether it's a certain material or a certain sound or a flavor or an idea or a certain genre. What is it that lights us up? What makes us go, oh yeah, I want to do that. And we have to discover and we have to have that passion. We have to nurture that passion because without passion, we're not going to be motivated. We're not going to we're not going to stick to our creativity and and follow through with things. We're going to give up too easily because we we haven't figured out what our passions are. You know, so are we are we a visual artist? Are we a writer? Uh, if you're a writer, like what do you write specifically? Is is there a certain genre? Is there a certain thing that that you love to read that just you're like, yeah, I want to write this, and finding that passion, yeah, that's going to help keep you moving forward. And especially when things feel tough and rough and you feel bogged down and, and you just don't feel like like you're getting very far or you're growing or whatever, that that passion is going to just take you through. And then finally, um, I focused on the air element in the last episode. And the air element is all about generating and developing our ideas. I mean, we can sit around waiting for lightning to strike, but we really just need to get to work and, and those ideas will start to come. Um, and I, th I think the ideas, you know, sometimes the ideas kind of come later. For me, there's a lot of discovery and it's taken me sometimes years to really figure out what my artwork is about. So as I'm creating, sometimes I'm doing it because, oh, I really love that. So I have the passion for a material or a technique and I'm drawn to something. I'm drawn to an image. I'm drawn to a color combination. I'm, I'm drawn to certain techniques and I just explore them over and over again. And at some point I sort of have to ask myself, like, what is this all about? What is the idea behind it? Why am I coming back to this over and over again? What am I trying to say with my art? And so I think if you're if you set out and you're creating right now and you don't know what your ideas are, if you don't know kind of like why you're doing things, that's fine. You know, keep going, keep keep um immersing yourself in your creativity and following the things that you're passionate about. Uh and grounding yourself in those basics. And those ideas will come as you are working. Uh, I recently did a workshop, taught a workshop where 
one of the things that uh, that came out of it for me was um, this phrase, this quote, and it's something that I kind of feel like I made it up on the spot, but I think it's like kind of common and other people have said it too, but I don't think there was like one person that like said it a long time ago that you can kind of credit with it. But uh, for me, the meaning is in the making. And so as I'm making, as I'm creating, I'm figuring out what the idea is, what the meaning, what the message is of my art. So anyway, those are the, the three elements that I've covered, uh, earth, fire, and air. And so today I want to dive into that fourth element, water. So when I think about the water element, I think about flexibility. You know, I always come back to that saying, uh, that phrase, like flowing water. And that simple phrase really implies flexibility because if you think about water, water always kind of seeks the path of least resistance and it will change course and it'll flow to like the lowest point and then it'll fill up that, that area and then it'll flow on somewhere else. Um, so when it comes to an obstacle, water just sort of flows around it. It changes course. So it'll hit, hit that obstacle, you know, thinking about, you know, uh, with, with flooding and things like that. So, you know, a raging storm comes through, um, and maybe a drain or a ditch or, you know, a pipe or something gets kind of clogged up. Well, that rushing water comes in up, there's an obstacle. It changes course, you know, it flows somewhere else. And unfortunately, sometimes that means it floods a road or it floods a field or, you know, it, it carves out, um, uh, a, a new destination and a new path in, you know, as it's flowing. So that idea that water can change, that water will flow. Um, and it's, and when I say that, that path of least resistance, I don't mean that in the way that, you know, oh, we just do whatever comes and, and, uh, you know, we, we take the easiest route. What I mean is that our ideas, our creativity, our, are, um, yeah, that, that kind of flows and it's, we're flexible and we're changeable. Um, and we just don't get stuck doing it a certain way. And that idea of flow, I like that word of fl that word flow. And actually that's a term that's been coined by, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, whenever they are thinking about, you know, creativity and people being productive and, uh, flow is actually the title of a book by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. And you may have heard of him and you may have heard this idea of flow. And so he talks about seven characteristics of what it's like to be in flow. And I think that there's a lot, uh, we can really think about flexibility in there that it, that we're not being very rigid and very set in our ways. And I think if we try to be set, if we're trying to be rigid, we it's very hard to get into that state. So the seven characteristics. So he, he first of all, he talks about, you know, being completely involved in what we're doing. So when we're creating, it's very easy to just get totally immersed and be totally focused and concentrating on what we're doing. And then second, there's a sense of ecstasy. So when we're really in that state of flow, 
we, we get that sense of being outside of our everyday real, reality. And, and we just are kind of overwhelmed with these, uh, this sense of, of purpose, a sense of joy, the sense of, of well-being. And then third, we get this greater inner clarity. You know, it's like we've, we have this feeling like we know what needs to be done and we know how, how well we're doing it. And, you know, it's like, I think sometimes if uh, people might think like, oh, okay, knowing what needs to be done, that sounds like a very rigid thing. But I think what happens is though, it's a, it's, it goes back to flexibility that we are flexible enough to know that, yeah, we're, we know what we're doing, but we also know that if something comes up, we, we can adapt, we can change, we can overcome the problem, the, the, the impasse, the obstacle. We know we can change course with confidence. The fourth characteristic is that we know that the activity is doable, that we have skills that are adequate to the task. And that can, that, that one can be a a little daunting because I think a lot of beginners, a lot of starters, a lot of people that are just delving into their creativity often feel like they don't have the skills that are really adequate to the task. So yeah, that's why I was talking about that, having that foundation, having that grounding in some of the basics so that you do have some skill that you can, can use. Uh, the fifth characteristic is that there's a sense of serenity. You know, we're not really worrying about ourselves and, um, there's a feeling of growing beyond the boundaries of our own ego. You know, it's like we really kind of lose a sense of ourselves and we feel very at peace. And because of that, the sixth characteristic is timelessness. I mean, we're, we're so focused on what we're doing that time just passes so quickly. You know, it's like an hour seems to pass in a minute. You know, it's like we can just be working on something and then next thing we know, it's like, oh, three hours later, wow. And then finally, that that sense of intrinsic motivation. That what we're that what we're doing, you know, becomes its own reward. Like we're creating not not because somebody's given us a deadline or we have a um, uh, a client, but we're we're really doing it for its own reward. Um, yeah, we, we might be doing it because we're commissioned to do it or we're being paid to do it. But if we're really doing it because we just love it, you know, that's that intrinsic motivation. So when we get into that state of flow, I think we are in a state of being flexible because being flexible really helps us get into that flow and stay into that state of flow. If we're rigid and we're stiff if we know exactly what what it should be and and how it should look and and what the outcome is it's going to be very hard to get into that state of flow because we we're putting pressure on ourselves to come up with a certain thing so if i allow myself to stay flexible i can flow like like water and I, I, I always think of this notion of the stream of consciousness. So I talked about that in the last episode, but to, just to kind of recap, um, a stream of consciousness, well, stream of consciousness writing 
is a writing technique. And it, it's been used by uh, uh, for creative writing purposes for a long time. And it's just this notion that you write without stopping, maybe for a certain amount of time, um, but you get into this creative flow. So you allow the words to flow and, and it's as if your brain is connected directly to the pen or the pencil and you're recording the flow of words and thought. And the key is to really stay open and flexible. You know, you might start with a prompt, um, but as the words and ideas flow, you you may go off topic and you may go in a completely different direction and end up writing about something completely different than what you started with. And that's okay. Now, if we're very rigid with our writing, then we we don't go off topic. We we would not get to that place. And so I think that this notion of uh, flexibility, that one of the keys to flexibility is the idea of non-resistance. Now, I've dedicated an entire episode to this idea, so you can go back to episode nine and listen to that, um, and I kind of go into a little bit more detail, but I think it's a key to being flexible, that we have to be open and non-resistant. When we resist our ideas, when we resist the process, when we resist, then we can't flow, we can't be flexible because we're, we're resisting, we're rigid, we're stiff, we're not pliant and supple and flexible. So if we want to get the most out of our creativity, like I said, we need to be flexible. And it starts with that open and or that open or that growth mindset that I talked about uh, when I talked about the earth element. If we have a rigid and fixed mindset, we're never going to get far. You know, we, we're, if water flows down that path of least resistance and we are setting up res, our own resistance and making things very rigid, we're, we're not going to allow that flow. We're not going to get very far because we end up resisting ideas. You know, as we're working and an idea gets sparked, we will resist following that new idea because, oh, that's not where I want to go. I have this in mind. I'm trying to get to this destination. And so we have that end product in mind and we resist sort of things that would take us off of the path that we think we need to go. We won't allow, we, we will not allow ourselves to to flow into new and different directions, even though those directions might open up a world of possibility. You know, our ideas and our creativity really flow like water, and they can take us to places we couldn't have imagined or thought of. And as we're working and making and creating, ideas get sparked. And if we're not willing to chase after some of those, we really deny ourselves the possibility. You know, it's like we dam up the water and we dig trenches and canals and we make the water go where we want it to go. And we we don't allow it to flow. So it's like, you know, when it, once it starts to flow in a direction that we don't want to go, oh, we dam that, that up and we 
get back to where we think we need to be. So we don't see the other possibilities. You know, we, we don't allow ourselves to be open to that. And we get so set on doing what we have in mind, what we have envisioned, that we don't allow room for different possibilities to exist. We're not flexible. We're not allowing that flexibility. And that's what, that's what possibility is. That's, it's about being flexible. So when we resist the flexibility, we become very rigid and stiff and single-tracked, single-minded, we're not open to the possibility. We actually close ourselves off to possibility and we put a stopper in it. We impede the flow of our own creativity at the very least. And at, at the worst, we stop it altogether. So how do we stay open and flexible? I think it comes back to process versus product. And again, this is something that I've talked about before. Um, but I think it's a great way to remain flexible, is to think about the process that we are undertaking, the process that we are going through, and not about the, the product that we have in mind or the product that we want to have. Um, and being open and playful and experimenting and trying new things and just kind of seeing where things go, that's a great way to explore ideas. You know, yeah, we, we might have an idea in mind. We might have something that we're envisioning. But I think that that thing isn't as thought out as we, th as we think it is or as clear as we think it is. You know, we might sit down and go, oh, I'm going to write the great American novel. And, and we just sort of have this notion in mind. And that's what it is. It's a notion. It's not really a vision. It's not really a thought out, planned out thing. And so as, we, as we're working, we're trying to reconcile this vision, this very vague notion that we have with what we're doing. And you really can't reconcile them because the vision that we have really is a vague, fuzzy idea. And what we're making often doesn't, doesn't follow that. It doesn't uh, reflect that. Because, you know, you when you have this fuzzy, vague notion in mind, you, you, you can't like pin it down. You can't throw a dart and stick it in the center because, you know, it's vague. It keeps moving. It, it, it's just like, it's there somewhere, but I just can't quite pinpoint it. And so when, when, you know, we have that myth, we have that idea that, that creative people envision this thing and then they just set out and bring it into being. I think of the uh, of Michelangelo. So it's said of Michelangelo that when he would go to carve stone, that you know he'd have this big block of marble, and he would say, you know, like like the figure was in there, 
and he was just releasing it. And so like, you know, like, oh, I, I can see it in there and I'm just going to release it. I'm going to take away everything that's not the, the figure. And I just often think about or think that when, when we hear stories like that, artists have a tendency to, to um, wrap their process, to wrap their work sort of in mysterious language in, in ways that make it seem like it's um, that uh, they're, they're like a superhero, you know, that they have these superhero powers that mere mortals don't. And we have repeated these stories. We have told them over and over again. We've had them told to us. Uh, we've had them reinforced. And so we kind of think about it like, yeah, like being creative is this special thing. And it's like, well, you know, Michelangelo was able maybe to do that because he had done it so much. He was, he was a maker. He was an artist. He was always making and thinking and doing. And so he understood the 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 possibilities. And the thing is like, as he's carving, you know, there might be a flaw in the stone. He'd have to be flexible enough to be like, Oh, well, I have to work around that. I have to change what I'm thinking, but it just sounds so much better to like say, Oh, well it's there. And I just was releasing it from, from the stone. Um, so I think we have to pay attention to, to how we speak about things. Uh, as I may have mentioned before in previous episodes, I think there's always two versions of what we're creating. There's this idealized vision that we have in our heads, and then there's the actual piece that we are making. And at some point, we sort of have to forget about this vision that we have, because that's all it is. It's a, it's a hazy vision, and we have to focus on the piece in front of us and, and really make it into what it needs to be. I look at the creative process as one of discovery. You know, if I'm not discovering something new and different, then why am I doing it? I'm not really hitting my creative stride when I do that. And I can discover more when I focus on the process because I'm flexible. It allows me to explore new ideas and new concepts as they come up in my work. It allows me to make connections that I wouldn't if I was very fixed and rigid and basically said, said to myself, I'm making this and this is what I'm making. I'm not going to diverge from my path. I'm not going to discover any new realms and any new worlds because I'm just staring straight ahead of me and I'm not looking at any of the, the side paths, any of the things that take me in a different direction. So when I'm open and flexible, I discover more and I make different connections that I couldn't have otherwise. It opens up new possibilities to me. And so when I'm free to pursue an idea, I'm open to follow a thought and discover something new. It's like that stream of consciousness writing. I allow the process to flow and I find myself going in new, new directions. Now, as I'm kind of thinking through this and, and thinking about uh, flexibility, 
I think there is a time when you, in the creative process, when you do become less flexible. And there, there comes a time as you're creating where you might have a solid idea and you want to bring that idea to, for, to fruition. You want to, you want to follow that idea. So we don't stay in that realm of open possibility all the time as we're making and creating. We have to make choices and we have to pick a direction as we are working. We have to weed out the ideas that aren't hitting, that aren't resonating. And we have to focus our energies in in a more singular kind of way. That allows us to express a specific message or to create a specific image. It allows a specific idea to come out. So we can't always be wishy-washy and allowing any whim to take us in any direction. We have to sort of narrow our focus. We have to like kind of bring it in and bring things together. But I always feel like when when I'm beginning a work of art, that there's an infinite number of possibilities. I mean, I can go in any direction with, with the piece. So if I sit down and I'm sitting in front of a blank canvas, there are so many possibilities, but with every action, with every choice that I make, I end up with fewer possibilities, with fewer choices. So every choice kind of takes me in a direction and maybe it, it it points me into a direction, but then as I'm going, oh, there's another choice. Oh, that helps me fine-tune my direction. So I might have this vague notion. I might have this hazy, blurry, out-of-focus image in my head. But as I'm going down my path, as, I, as I'm moving toward that, my, my choices allow me to move in new directions. And sometimes that's taken me completely away from this, this vision that I have, or sometimes it helps me clarify that vision to change my vision. Um, so as I'm moving down, as I'm making choices, as I'm moving ahead, yeah, I do limit my possibilities. I am becoming less flexible because I start to get a specific idea. I start to get something in mind that I want to, to, um, to follow, that I want to explore. And so I do with each, with each choice, with each decision, I'm narrowing down my focus. I'm homing in on an idea, but I have to I have to remain flexible. So even as I'm moving forward and I'm sort of narrowing in my focus, I still need to be flexible. I need to be able to change and to make corrections and and change my course and and be open to things, especially because I know that there's going to be problems to solve. I know there's going to come up, uh, issues are going to come up, obstacles are going to arise. And that if I'm not flexible, if I don't have that flexibility of mind, 
I'm not going to get around them. I'm not going to basically be able to flow around these obstacles. And I'm not going to be able to solve my problems. I'm not going to be able to continue to move forward because I'm not flexible. And so I might get to a point where all of a sudden it's like, bam, I, my, my progress is being impeded. How do I move forward? And that's when I have to be flexible. That's when I have to step back and go, hmm, what are my choices? What are, what are the possibilities here? How am I going to get around this? So that could be anything from just hitting a wall as far as like my energy level for a piece that could be, you know, compositionally like, oh, I just can't seem to get this, uh, this painting to be as dynamic as I want. It could be any number of things, but it just sort of impedes how I am moving forward. And so I need to stay open and I need to stay flexible so that I can solve that problem, so that I can get over that hump, so that I can get around that obstacle. And if I'm not flexible, I'm not going to get around it. It's going to stop, and I'm just going to be like, oh, I can't do it, and I'm not going to be able to move forward. So staying flexible, staying open to possibility even as I'm moving through and my possibilities are getting narrower and narrower, I still am trying to stay flexible. I'm still trying to stay open to what the piece needs. And that's going to allow me to move forward and to create something that, that is creative and isn't just me sticking to my original thought and blocking everything out. So... Um, yeah, it just, just that, that notion of, of staying flexible. So kind of think about, about these four elements, you know, the earth element, fire, air, water. So with the earth element, how are you grounding yourself in an open mindset and a, uh, a basic practice that allows you to get going, to get moving, to get creating to have those basic ideas there, those basic practices, those basic techniques, you have that foundation on which to, to begin to build a creative practice. Um, thinking about the fire element and what are the things that you're passionate about? Are you passionate about baking bread? Are you passionate about, uh, uh, writing and creating comics? Are you passionate about a certain style of music? Are you passionate about certain colors or certain ideas or certain subject matter? And then the air element, what are your ideas? How are you coming up with ideas? And as you're moving through all of these, as you're, as you're thinking about how you're grounded and, and what your passions are and what your ideas are, are you being flexible? So thinking about that water element and how that can be all about flexibility. Um, I also think about the, the water element. This just kind of came up. I just kind of remembered this. I also think about the water element. You know, there's, there's healing power to water. There's this calming kind of reflective quality of water. So I think creativity is also about that, that uh, the water element is also about uh, 
basically being able to find our calm, finding our serenity, thinking back to the state of flow, those seven characteristics, and that notion of a sense of serenity, going back to that and, and how creativity can bring that sense of serenity to us and that sense of clarity. Um, so anyway, just wanted to share some of these ideas about being flexible, about the water element, about how all four of these elements can, can come together to help us get the most out of our creativity. So I hope there, there was something there that, that kind of sparked your interest, that gave you some something of a framework to sort of hang creativity on, to make it a little, little less daunting, um, to help kind of break it down. Because when we think about creativity and we think about it, it's a big thing. It's a big notion. It's a big idea. And we have all these myths and we have all these misunderstandings and we have all, all these ideas. And when we sit down to create, you know, we do, we have all these ideas. We have all these notions. We have all this stuff rattling around in our, our brains that we can be so overwhelmed that we don't even know how to get started. So using this framework might give you an entry point. You might say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start practicing the basics. I'm going to practice my shading and my drawing skills. Or if you're baking, oh, I need, to, I need to learn to really knead bread very well. Or if you're playing music, you know, learning your scales. And then thinking about passion. What, what are the things that you are really into what, what's lighting you up what's making you say this is what why i'm here this is what i want to do and then once you're here what are your ideas where are those ideas coming from and oftentimes you're discovering that and being open and being flexible that's going to help you discover those ideas and it's going to help you solve your problems as they come up and instead of seeing obstacles as roadblocks that you can't get around, you're going to see obstacles and problems as just a little bump in the road and a chance to change course and to find something new. So I hope this discussion of the classical elements, earth, fire, water, and air have kind of helped you decipher creativity, think about creativity in a uh, more specific way, in a different way. And um, so, so glad that you joined me again. And, um, you know, as always, happy creating. enjoyed this episode i thank you so much for listening this has been artistic accomplices and i'm your host eric scott thank you so much and until next time